What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the reason why you shouldn't give up. Why are you at 25 so motivated to do the right thing with your money and think about your future? My parents struggled to make ends meet and provide for us. There was there's three kids under the roof. At 25 years old, what does a 25-year-old do with $215,000? I'm <laughs> curious, you know? The reason why I was able to get to that point is because I didn't give up. I was very focused on my goals and I, I was working towards them. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. Ashley, you're 25 years old, making a quarter million dollars or more a year. Mm -hmm. What do you project yourself making this year in 2023? All things. All things, so multiple streets of income. So I think this year I will likely hit so I am actually working on a current project where hopefully I'll be able to sell it okay. um, for, for more money. But if if that comes to fruition, I'm thinking around 280, I would say, and hopefully uh, hit 300K okay. is my goal. 300K. That is something I definitely put uh, on my like manifestation <laughs> board for, for this year is that I want to hit 
300K, uh, both for a salary rise for income and also for my net worth, I want to uh, cross the 300K line. So 300K line for yeah, so, at 25. Yeah, so that, that those are my current goals um, that I've set for myself uh, okay. currently. Cool, great. And then let's say, what did you, I'm curious, worst case scenario, what do you know you'll make for sure this year? Um, I would say around 215. Ooh! <laughs> $215,000 for sure. Yeah. All right. And that's in 2023. And then if you sell this other project and other things come through, you're looking at about another eighty dollars to $85,000 mm-hmm. of income. Mm-hmm. And I, included with that, so again, I'm in a sales role, so it's obviously okay. fluctuates based on my commissions. Yeah. Um, so the two fifteen is based on what I'm tracking currently. But nice. if deals come through, then my commissions uh, will, will be up. higher. So yeah, so part of it's not only that, that project I'm working on, but my commissions uh, pay. At well. 25 years old, what does a 25-year-old do with $215,000? I'm <laughs> curious. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's you bringing in gross if you're doing two fifteen. You're averaging at least eighteen to twenty to twenty-two thousand dollars gross a month. Seeing about twelve to about maybe fifteen, maybe in between ten and fifteen, depending on how you're uh, you're claiming net. But if you hit two eighty to three hundred, you're seeing about twenty-five <laughs> grand gross and about fifteen. Yes, right? it, and it, and it's crazy again at my age to to see that money. I'm lucky I don't have any major responsibilities. I don't have kids. I don't have a dog yet. Come on now. <laughs> but not uh, married yet. You are married. dating. I am dating. I saw currently. your I saw your boyfriend, brother. Man, you you clean, bro. You clean, bro. Okay. <laughs> I um, don't like to hear that, but um, <laughs> so a little bit about how I budget my money. I'm very focused on again achieving my goals, and with me, I I do uh, pay myself kind of first uh, budgeting. Okay. So every time I get my paycheck, and again it, it varies because I have my base pay and then I have my commission. So my commissions checks come monthly. Okay. Um, but again, that fluctuates based on how much I sell. Yeah. Um. So with my base pay, I every time I get a biweekly paycheck, I put away around three thousand dollars. So Ooh. for the total of my base pay, I save around six thousand dollars a month. So that's that's my goal. Six k a month. Yeah. So that's currently my goal. Um, and so far, I've been successful. It's a little hard at times because I, you know, you can get carried away with shopping yeah, or you know, yeah. with bills uh, or traveling if you put money away towards vacation. But, but I want to pause right there though. Uh, come on, come on, Ashley. You're 25 and you're you're saving six thousand dollars a month. Yes. <laughs> right. And there are 25 year olds and 30 year olds right now watching. They're making pretty decent money, and they're not even saving two hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you credit right there. Thank y'all. you. I just want to give you credit because people don't like the word budget, but you out here budgeting. All right, keep going. So, <laughs> so you said so aside. that's all my base pay, and then what I like about being in sales again, you have commissions on top of that. But I treat my base pay as if as if I wasn't going to make any commissions. So I just mm-hmm. budget off of that money and live off that money, mm-hmm. and then I treat commissions as just bonus. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that has really changed my mindset and allowed me to save even more because once that extra money comes in, again, I'm focused on, okay, how can I maximize my savings? And then, of course, I think it's good to have balance. So I definitely put aside money to enjoy my, you know, enjoy life, to put either new, whether it's new clothes, new travel, um, Whatever I want to invest my money in, that's uh, in terms of experiences. I do allow myself that ability. I'm 25. You know, you're young. Yeah. You're you're young. <laughs> I'm young in that sense, and I want to enjoy that. Um, but again, I do have these goals, and I make sure. Okay, let me put away the money that will help me achieve those goals. 
um, so that I don't have to worry about it after. And that is what personally works for me. Now, what motivates you? It's like, what, why? Like, why are you saving as much money as you are? Like, what is what is a goal down the road? You know, are you saving to invest? Are you saving to buy a house? Are you saving to, uh, like, why, why are you at 25 so motivated to do the right thing with your money and think about your future rather than, you young, beautiful, successful, got a good man. Y'all travel the world. You could be balling right yeah. now. But why save? So there's two parts to that. One in how how I save. So I have multiple goals. I do have a house fund. So I keep, um, I put savings towards a uh, high-yield savings account, particularly for a house fund. Okay. Um, and I also, I invest around a third of my money or even up to like 50% of my money in the stock market into okay. low-cost index funds is what I, I focus on. Okay. Um, and then part of it, I have an emergency fund, so that's already stocked up. But um, I do... Uh, I do divvy my money in certain ways that are going to help me pursue uh, certain goals I have. So again, by 30, my goal is to buy a house. If I can buy a house sooner, the market's a little crazy right now. Okay. But I do have that goal, um, and I have that money available. But I also want to, um, again, be able to be financially independent. And free. <clears throat> I am financially independent, but financially free. And I yeah. think that's the key is that... I want to be eventually work optional. I, I actually like to work to some extent where I like working towards something. But if I can, like, if I were to lose my job, I want to be okay with, well, I don't need that job to survive. Like, yeah. that's the ultimate goal. And again, I look, think about how I grew up. I grew up in a low-income uh, Latino household in L.A. And just seeing, um, you know, just being in that environment where my parents struggled to make ends meet and provide for us there was there's three kids under the roof um and they were like at my age my mom already had three kids and it's just crazy to think about if i were in that situation and i just want to be able to provide a life for myself and my future family and also for my parents they're they're very young and unfortunately they they don't really have a retirement mm. so i know later on in life not that they will, you know, force anything upon me, but I want to be able to take care of them. And same, I have an older sister um, who's disabled, and she as well, if I can be able to provide for her and be able to maybe, you know, set up a house in the back uh, for her to live in and to, you know, have her independence, that would be something that would be super valuable to me. Mm, 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 mm. So recently I completed my full estate plan, and I'll be real with you, while it was an emotional journey, I can now sleep better knowing my family and loved ones will be taken care of. But did you know that according to a recent study, 60% of African-American adults have life insurance, yet many of those policies may not provide enough coverage to fully protect families in the event of unexpected death. The gap in coverage is a significant concern for black communities, as it can lead to financial hardship and jeopardize generational wealth building. And we definitely can't afford that within our particular community. Now more than ever, it's crucial for African-Americans to prioritize life insurance and estate planning. By doing so, you can ensure that your loved ones are well taken care of in the event of your passing covering funeral and burial costs, paying off debts and mortgages, and providing income to help them build true and lasting wealth. So I am asking you, please do not leave your family's financial security 
to chance. I want you to get life insurance today with my friends over at Ethos by visiting anthonyoneal.com forward slash life insurance for a free quote or by clicking the link in today's show notes. I want you to protect your family's future and give yourself a peace of mind knowing that you have life insurance today. Hey, let's get back to today's show. Hey, you know, I, and I just want to commend you. 25 years old. You're setting aside on average about $6,000 a month. Some month it may go lower depending on how you spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now your goal is six k, And you're saving for three main reasons, what I heard. Um, wealth, which is a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two, emergencies. Mm-hmm. you got to have an emergency fund. Then three, investment. Mm-hmm. Investing. So you're investing into the money. Um, and, and, and I find this so interesting because... You and I grew up in something very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up in a, right around the same area. You're in L.A. I'm in Oceanside, California. Mm-hmm. And I know all about, you know, living in L.A. Mm-hmm. with especially like three other siblings and a family in one house. Similar story to mine. I had two other siblings. Right. And we're in a bedroom of three, a three bedroom, about twelve hundred square feet. Uh, my grandmother has one bedroom because she was elderly. Me, my sister, my brother had to share one room. And then my mom and dad had the other room. Yeah, mine, I actually lived on a property where it was two homes around 800 square feet. And uh, it was a, one, with, one with my grandparents, and then the front house was us. And my parents, uh, there was two bedrooms, and me and my sister shared. And my brother had another, and my parents had to sleep in the living room. So very, very similar where it's like you just have to kind of figure it out. And I, I, I am so grateful to my parents for making those sacrifices. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just fortunate that they... Even though they didn't know what the next step was, they just wanted to, to give us the best and, and find some way for us to, yes. you know, have a better life. And, and yeah. for us, that was actually through education. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about my story was I remember when my, my mom had me and she 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 wanted to work <laughs> and because I was little. And she also wanted to be able to, to take care of me as well. So she was able to find a job at daycare. Uh, a private daycare where I could go for free. Mm. And she was actually a cleaner at the time. So she was scrubbing toilets and, and making sure everything was clean there. And again, this was so that she could, you know, have an income, but also have somewhere where I can be taken care of and she was close. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner of that daycare happened to be a very wealthy woman. So it was a private daycare. And all her all her kids and her grandkids went to schools like Stanford, uh, Oxford, like really great uh, elite schools. And she told my mom, she said, hey, um, part of the reason why they were able to go to these schools was that they had a really good uh, elementary school and primary school education. Cool. So she... Yeah. In L.A., there's a lot of private schools. Um, And she told my mom, like, hey, my grandkids went to this particular private school. Your daughter looks very smart. You should apply there. And so my mom was like, okay, if if this woman, like, I trust her advice. She's very successful. If she thinks my daughter can go there because you had to apply um, at the time, like, you had to take an IQ test. You had to make sure that you were uh, fit for the school. And so I applied, and I actually got in. And that just started a whole, like, I guess, career, school career of me being exposed to just a different world. Mm. So I came from a, or living in a, you know, in an environment where it was low income, uh, you know, a different world from when I was attending school and you saw what I thought was elite, where you had uh, CEOs, kids, celebrities, kids, and it's LA, so a lot of celebrities, kids, going to these schools. uh, Again, politicians, children, where 
they had a lot of money and they had access to a lot of resources that most people like me didn't have. And um, being in these two worlds, I just got exposed to so much and it enabled me to get to where I am today because from there I was able to get access to the best college counselors and I was able to end up going to Princeton. Like I'll never, Princeton. Yeah, I'll never forget my college counselor when I was applying to colleges, he, he gave me advice. He said, hey, based on your records, like, you, you know, you did really well. I think you should apply to Princeton. And I told him, I said, Princeton? I'm like, you're trying to make sure I don't go to college. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting in there. Like, yeah. are you serious? But he told me, he said, these schools, these, uh, the, an Ivy League like Princeton, they're looking for people like you to to attend them. They want smart, yes. you know, young women of color in Absolutely. your position, low income especially, Absolutely. to apply because unfortunately, he said, those people like me do not apply to those schools. They don't know how to. And so I got very lucky in that sense that I had that encouragement and somebody to actually show me the way to do so. So now where I am today with, with my message is I want, I always feel people just don't know what they don't know. Mm. And so it's not like we don't want to do better for ourselves. I found a lot of people, especially in the Latino community um, and other you know, minorities, they want to do better for themselves. They just don't know where to start. Mm. And so for me, I'm very much focused on how do I provide people with access to that information and those resources to do so? Because that's what I was given the privilege of, and I want to share the same. So. That's so, <laughs> and it's so funny. We, we grew up in the same type situation. Mm -hmm. But my story is on the opposite. Mm -hmm. No one was telling me to do certain things mm -hmm. and exposing me to those kind of things. Yeah. Everyone told me the same thing. Hey, just get yourself into school. Yeah. Graduate. Get you a job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get your credit score up to a 730. Work 40 years on that job mm -hmm. so you can get 40% of your paycheck and just live about 40% of your life. Well, it's so funny you say the credit score. No one. So when I grew up, my parents were like, because they had accumulated a lot of debt. So my right. my parents again, they always tried to do better. Um, they went to school, but like for instance, my mom, they still have student loan debt. They never graduated, and they're twenty years later still have student still loan. Still paying on student yeah. loans. Yeah, and because again, they've had a focus on providing for us, so that's gone to the back burner. Mm -hmm. um, so my mom told me, don't have debt but don't pull out credit cards. She's like, Ooh. credit cards are bad. You're going to get into debt. My, both my parents said that. And it's it's funny because when I was, I had a job offer, right, out of college, and I was going to work in New York City. And I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to get an apartment in New York City. This is going to be great. Um, and I'm going to be able to afford it. So I remember looking for an apartment with my roommate at the time. And I wasn't getting accepted because I didn't have any mm. savings mm. and I didn't have um, a credit score. score. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had this job offer saying, hey, I'm going to be able to afford it, they were like, no, this is this is not enough. Mm. And I remember they said, you need uh, to have a, what's called a guarantor. So someone who Guarantee. makes 80 yeah. times mm -hmm. the rent. So instead of, I had to make 40 times the rent, but someone who makes 80 times the rent, it like levels up. Maybe yeah. it's might change now. And, and I was freaking out because I'm like, I'm at this point gonna make more than my parents combined. So there's nobody <laughs> there's nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. who's going to be able to to co-sign this. Right. And fortunately I did have a family member, uh, my Thea, she, you know, bless her, bless her heart, she she was able to sign off for me because she she had no kids. She was very successful in her career. But imagine if I didn't have her, who would I have gone to? Mm. I wouldn't have been able to to afford an apartment and really kickstart my career. And yeah. 
um, that just opened my eyes of, of how important it is to get your finances together, to, you know, do the things that, unfortunately, you're just not taught in school. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not taught about credit scores. You're right. not taught how to do taxes. Yes. I, you know, I get scared every time I do taxes and, and all these things. And now that's why I'm very focused on making sure that my finances are in order. That's good. That's good. And it's so true. Everyone asks me because, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I know that feeling. You know what I'm saying? I remember... Um, Everyone used to always ask me that because you know, I, I don't do debt. You yeah. know? And so everyone's like, well, how do I get an apartment? Well, you're going to need some money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't apply to the apartment complex and you have no savings and you have no credit score. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, you know, you may have the income, but they don't know. They don't see what you're able to do with money. I had no history. Money. Yeah. Exactly. I had no, like, history of that. So I literally called around to, like, apartment complexes. This video went viral on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I may post it again. Michelle, let's post that again for people to see um, in the future. But I literally called these apartment complexes and said, hey, listen, I don't have a credit score, but I got six months of reserves um, and I make X amount of dollars. Um, are you all cool uh, with that? They was like, yeah, you had to put down an extra deposit. Yeah, I like, before okay. I think it was like some places do two months rent, they and do. I'm like, <laughs> they do, they do. They was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, we prefer you to have a credit score. I said, okay, so you prefer for me to be in debt? Mm -hmm. They was like, well, since you say it like that, <laughs> but you know, it's like for me, I'm like, hey, um, I, I totally understand. I think you either need a good credit score, um, or you need no credit score with money. Are you ready to transform your career in 2023? I want you to consider Bethel School of Technology, the world's only Christian online tech bootcamp. With African-Americans representing just 7.9% of the tech workforce in the US, it's time to bridge that gap and create more opportunities for everyone in this booming industry. Bethel Tech is committed, and I mean this, they're committed to providing accessible, lucrative, and fulfilling tech careers for all individuals. In their comprehensive nine-month program, you'll master essential skills to kickstart your technology career today. The earning potential is crazy impressive. Indeed reports that software developers in the U.S. earn, on average, about $103,000 per year. What? Choose from programs like cybersecurity and UI UX design and ignite your tech career with passion and with purpose. Forget about accumulating and racking up debt and invest just nine months to revolutionize the next nine years of your professional life. Embrace your potential with Bethel Tech and achieve your career aspirations today. Hey, visit anthonyoneal.com forward slash Bethel or click the link in today's show notes to register and take the first step towards a bright future in technology. Hey, talking about a bright future, let's get back to today's show. Yeah, and I think again, that was so eye-opening for me because I have a little, I have a younger brother who's mm -hmm. four years younger and I told him as soon as that experience happened, I'm like, hey, you need to open your own credit card. You mm -hmm. need to start building your credit. Again, uh, you get a low amount, gotcha. but like $500, maybe $1,000. But again, you want to have that in place so mm -hmm. that when he needs to, you know, because he's, he's currently living in New York too, attending school. For real, what school uh, is he going to? He's going to NYU. NYU? Yeah, okay. so uh, he, uh, and again, luckily he's, we're able to afford it because I, uh, him and I, 
like you said, I'm not a, my parents were not a believer in debt. And and fortunately, um, we went to schools where they paid for everything. So I was on full scholarship or else if I had to take out loans, it probably would have been a different story. So I, I understand, like, again, I sympathize with people where I'm not necessarily like a believer and you have to get a college degree because the debt right now versus the job you get, it's not worth it. It's not. But I was fortunate enough where Again, I didn't have to pay for for school. Yes, um, so, I like that. yeah. So I told him, I said, you need to, you know, uh, set up a credit card. And and now what I love too is that I can pass off that information to him, and he's already saved like, I honestly think like twenty k at his wow. age. How old is he now? I think how old is he? Twenty one. So he's twenty one. Just turned twenty one. So to not even be graduated from college and already at you know, at that savings level, I'm like, I want, and that's the whole purpose of, again, passing on information and and breaking generational generational curses, that you want to give that uh, information to your future generation so that they do better for themselves. And unfortunately, my parents, you know, there's certain information they didn't know at the time, but they knew, okay, growing up, our education was going to provide that for us, and they just wanted the best, and I'm super grateful for that. So Princeton, 100% debt free, huh? Yeah. So I got, I was very lucky where um, I didn't have to to pay, or if I did have somewhat of a, a loan, I could pay out throughout the year. So very, yeah. very, very um, easy, very minimal. Okay. Um, and I think people don't realize that these big schools do, like like Ivy Leagues, they do. Again, they look for very talented people, low income people, and they're willing to pay for you to go. Yes. But again, I say yeah. that, and it's hard to yeah, you have to apply as yeah. well. But it's hard to get in. So it's like. It's both, but um, I was telling Michelle actually that my college counselor told me at the time, he said, I am, they're going to love you because you took, as a Latina, you took Calc BC. The fact that you took Calc BC in high school. Hold on, let me write it down. Spell that for me. Oh, calculus, I mean. Oh, calculus. calculus. Okay, yeah. I was about to say Calc BC. Uh, no, no. Oh, calculus BC. Did you know what Calc BC was? <laughs> oh, yeah, because your daughter's in it. Yeah, so, yeah. Calculus BC, and he said, the fact that you took Calculus BC as a young woman of color in high school, they're going, you know, that is a, a rarity. And and to me, I, I thought that was a bit sad to no. hear because, Hands down. you know, like Hands that down. shouldn't be something that's abnormal, you know? there's yeah. And again, I know there's a lot of talented uh, people of color, people like me, where super smart. And fortunately, I was, I saw that at Princeton, um, fellow engineers and other people, uh, uh, students of color, where... I was surrounded by other smart people, but like, like you mentioned, like those, unfortunately, those people in those communities don't know to apply. They don't know where to like, what courses to take to get into these schools, and already they're limited by that Mm. without having that knowledge. And and, and also important, uh, and I'm glad you you said calculus because in my book, Debt Free Degree, Mm -hmm. uh, that I that I wrote while I was with uh, Ramsey Press and Ramsey Solutions, um, I talk about hey, here are. I think everyone, like in our shoes, especially in the minority uh, space, if you're watching us, um, Astrid's story, I hope, in- inspires you, right? Because what I'm hearing you say is, I was exposed to people and I followed the strategy mm-hmm. that they put before me and my mom. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, your daughter should go here. You went there. Clearly, to get into Princeton, you played your part and you took the right classes and you you focused on those classes, mm-hmm. right? And then let's, let's let's talk about it. Then you go to Princeton. You get to Princeton by listening to your mentor. So then you go to Princeton to apply. And this is something that I think a lot of minorities are kind of kind of ashamed of. It's like, hey, we don't want to use 
our race to our benefit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sending my son in. Hey, they take care of black people over there. Go. <laughs> they gonna give you a scholarship. Go. Uh-huh. I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Go because the less money I have to spend, that's more money I can invest into you and your future. Mm-hmm. So while you're in school, get that education. Go to Princeton. And you get that education for free. Mm-hmm. If it's not Princeton, if it's your local state yeah. college there, go get yeah. education for free. But what I see that you're doing, which is why you're successful today, everything that you focus on, you focus. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, you just kill. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I, a key thing that I like that you touched on, uh, aside from uh, pursuing, you know, being focused, it's more so finding mentors. I think that's what's really helped me, even in my career right now, working in tech sales. Again, as a, as a young woman of color working in this industry, you, you don't see very many people like me, unfortunately. Mm. Um, And so what I've been able to do is surround myself with mentors who have, who have given me guidance and really allowed me to grow in my career so quickly. I've, personally never job hopped. I've been at the same company for the past four years since I've gone out of college. And with that, I've been able to increase my pay by over, I believe, 60%. And that's all due to the mentorships that uh, I have in place, and and particularly um, from from women, actually. So the past two promotions that I've gotten is because my female coworkers have told me, hey, you know, this is my, they've been transparent about their pay. They've said, this is what I've uh, done previously, or this is how my promotion went. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done a really good job. You should ask for a promotion, and this is how you should go about asking for it. So they literally laid out exactly. The strategy. Yeah, the strategy. They said, this is what you need to say. This is what you need to do. So for anyone listening out there, something to say is um, when you ask for a raise, uh, make sure to write down a list of your accomplishments. Hold on, baby. Let me write yeah. down. All right, so. So when you ask for a raise, the key steps I have is, one, write down a list of your accomplishments. You want to make sure you keep throughout the year everything uh, positive that you've done that has uh, positively affected your team. Okay. So whether that's, in my case, I've closed certain size deals, whether that's um, I've met hit certain numbers, Whatever it is, write that down because you're going to leverage that when you ask for a raise. Another key piece of advice um, is focus on um, building a great relationship with your manager. Mm. I think a lot of people don't realize that your manager um, has a lot of control over, you know, how well your work-life balance feels, actually. So my manager, um, he luckily he doesn't micromanage, but I make sure to check in with him bi-weekly, set up um, cadence calls is what they're called, and to talk with them, here's my progress, here's what I've done. And just, again, be friends with them and and establish rapport because your manager wants to keep you happy because Mm -hmm. if you're happy and doing well, then they look good for their manager. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize that your promotions are based off, oh, if your manager thinks, you know, they're going to advocate for you. Mm. And so that's something where it's really helped me, um, you know, get promoted quickly and the last thing I would say is um, sets, uh, start these conversations early. So if you want to get promoted by the end of the year, start in the beginning of the year. Again, have the discussion with your manager and say, hey, I'm looking to get promoted. What do you need to see from me in order to do so? So that already puts the onus on them, so to speak, to tell you exactly what they need to see in order tangible goals for you to get that uh, promotion. Because if you hit all those goals, then what is the reason that they can't give it to you? That they're literally letting you know 
what is needed to be done. So that has, is what worked for me and hopefully can work for someone else. No, it will work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like if you start the conversation earlier, um, what I tell people all the time, don't don't ask your boss for a raise. Yeah. Don't say, hey, man, I want a raise. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I want this. No, no, no. Ask them like, hey, like what you just said, I'm looking for a promotion. Mm -hmm. uh, how else can I best serve the, the company? Yeah, you know, exactly. what are the things that I can do that will keep me in the forefront of a position to better serve? Mm -hmm. Now, what I hear as a boss and what other people hear is like, hey, you want to help us grow and impact more and sell more exactly. and grow the business. Mm -hmm. And it's not self. Mm -hmm. Now, as a boss, I know, OK, they want to raise. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then now I know it's like, OK, what well, they want to raise and they're willing to work for the raise. Yeah. And in this generation, especially your generation, mm -hmm. right, y'all just want the money. <laughs> and y'all don't really want to help the company build. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, wait, what am I getting in return? So I like how you said you got to start the conversation earlier because then that goes down to your accomplishment. So if they say, hey, you got to do one, two, three, four, five, throughout the year, you're, you're jotting down everything that you accomplished. And, and it gives you the opportunity during that conversation to say, well, that's a little, well, you don't say that's a little crazy, but you can readjust and say, how about this? And so mm. you already can, you have some negotiating power there and yeah. can find something reasonable versus if you just ask at the end of the year and they're like, well, we need to see this. And you're like, well, you never told me that Ooh. because you never initiated that conversation. You never told them you, you want more responsibility. And I always tell the best piece of career advice I ever gotten is you don't get the opportunities that you don't ask for. So it's, it's super important to advocate for yourself and to go after what your goals are. And I have a little bit of a long story, but I think a very important one is I'll never forget um, last year I actually switched teams. So I had, I had gone to, uh, internally, I'd, I got to move teams because my company was reorging. And so with that, I had a new manager. Okay. And uh, I had got, come off a great year. I had done really well. Um, but now with this new team, it was a new manager. I was selling a new product um, in a new territory. And so with my new manager, I was like, well, I want to, my company was giving out raises. I was like, let me ask for a raise. Mm -hmm. And the manager, he basically said no. He, he was like, um, we'll talk about that later. And to his, uh, you know, defense, like he didn't know how I worked. I, I listed out my accomplishments, but again, it, he just didn't know me well. Yeah. Um, and at the time, again, I had a new uh, product and I was worried. I was like, if I continue on with this, I am not going to be successful. So that was my chance. I was like, I need to leave. I need to find mm -hmm. a new job because I'm, I'm miserable. Everyone was telling me, if you stay here with what you're given, you're not going to sell much, unfortunately. Mm. So that's why I tell people, it's like, if you need to move jobs, definitely. So anyways, I go and I apply to jobs and I get, I hear back pretty quickly. And I, during the, the job interviews, by the way, if you're applying to jobs, do not be afraid to ask the recruiter um, what types of questions they ask and how to best prepare. Absolutely. Because one recruiter literally told me the exact questions that the interviewers were going to ask. He said, the interviewer tomorrow is going to ask you these three questions um, so prepare for those. And sure enough, exactly those three, I was well prepared. So I was killing every, um, interview. I did a great job, um, to the point where before the final round, the, the recruiter told me, he said, we want, we're likely going to extend you an offer and the offer is going to be, um, this. So he said at the time I was making 95 K base, 171 OT. So I could have made up to 171 K. This offer was going to be 120 K base and 200k OT. So I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to be able to make 200,000 in a year. Like this is amazing. So I was so excited. But fast forward to that interview and all of a sudden I, I just felt something was off and I, and I didn't get it. And I was like, I didn't do horribly in the interview, but I, uh, I didn't get the offer. So I was in a position now where I was unhappy with my job. I wasn't going to sell enough. I didn't, you know, I didn't get my raise mm -hmm. and I was just miserable. Two weeks after I got denied for that job, someone reached out to me internally in my company and she said, hey, I am taking over these accounts you had last year. Um, can you tell me a little bit about them? And I said, these accounts, like, uh, whose team are you on? Like, these were my accounts. Like, how did you, you know, why are you now the seller? And she said, oh, um, this guy, Mark, let's just say, Mark is my boss. And I said, Mark, that was the very first manager who hired me. Like, mm -hmm. I love Mark. Mm -hmm. I was like, is he hiring again? And so she's like, yeah, you should talk to him. So I talked to Mark, my very first manager, and he said, it, Astrid, it's so great to see the growth that you've had over the past few years. I've watched from afar because we're in the same business. Mm -hmm. I would love to have you on my team. Wow. And so I was able two weeks later to make the change to a manager that really saw the potential in me and loved me. And then I decided, again, staying focused to the goals. Again, I'm getting to, to the point of the story. Yeah. I said, hey, I already asked for a raise, but, you know, I really want that raise. Let me try again now that I have my new manager, or Mark now as yeah. my manager. So I asked Mark, I said, hey, I would really like, and I threw a crazy number, I said, I would love a 15% raise, and these are the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And Mark told me, he said, a raise, I already put you down for a promotion. And that promotion came with a 27% increase. God. And so that promotion ended up being, my base pay went up to 144000 Good God. And then my o, uh, my OT went up to 220000 Good God. So it, it all worked out where, and thank you, Lord, where I... Um, and OT up, is... OT is on target earnings. So basically, if oh, I hit okay. my quota, then I will make that for the year. I can make more than that, but right. basically, I'll make 220000 for the year if I hit all my numbers. I think everyone's saying OT is yeah. like overtime. No, no, OT, on target earnings. On yeah. target earnings. So basically... So you got a guarantee to 147 It was 144 144 So you're going to make 144 for yeah. the year, guarantee. Guarantee. And then on top of that, I can make uh, up to yeah 220000 it was or more if I like killed it. Yeah. And again, I I was so grateful. And again, God, thank you so much. But I realized the reason why I was able to get to that point is because I didn't give up. I was very focused on my goals and I I was working towards them. And so for anyone out there, I really think it's important, like, keep pursuing what you want. Write it out, manifest it, whatever it, you want to call so it. Good. Speak it into existence because you never know what's going to happen. And again, I, I didn't get that offer from that other job, but the fact that I knew what it was going to be and then that opportunity went away mm -hmm. and this one came up. And what's even crazier is that with all the tech layoffs coming up, that company actually just announced a pretty big layoff and that possibly could have been me. Um, so I'm very grateful to to be where I am today, and, and it all worked out. But I, I think it worked out because I was just actively pursuing those goals. And, you know, I think another thing that it worked out for you was, you probably didn't even know this, you know, as a, as a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. um, I hear you, you steward your relationships mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So it's like you treat people with kindness. Like you said, hey, 
Focus on building a great relationship with your manager. Yeah. So that manager was your first manager. Yeah. And you 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 built a relationship yeah, with cultivated him. that, yeah. Yeah, right. And so you stewarded it well. And then because now you transitioned to another side of the company, now your manager is still watching you from afar. Mm-hmm. Say, yo, go ahead. I think go away. <laughs> yeah. Girl, go away. Hello? Hey, um, I'm looking at the transition. Girl, I would love to have you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 I tell everyone, man, it's like how you leave a a uh, a company um or a like in your case a manager or a team yeah. is very very important mm-hmm. very very important everyone knows that I used to work with Dave Ramsey and um I, that transition uh was i believe one of the smoothest transitions um from a personality mm-hmm. position right uh, he and i embrace each other and hug each other on our uh, one of our last conversations, uh, because we both went to see each other win, mm-hmm. and I didn't leave uh, throwing up a, a fight or a fist, and and he didn't throw me out the building and <laughs> lock the doors, you know. And, and it's like because of that, you know, transitioning is always important. I believe how you transition from one impacts how you transition to your next season. Oh, and it's so true. And and again, I actually spoke with someone recently, and he, he's much older, much more experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be, he basically told me, I asked him about his career journey, and he said he got to where he was today because he actually reached out to an old manager and said, hey, I would love to come, come work for you and work back. Mm-hmm. And that manager said, give me a day, just hold off. And that night he wrote up a job posting just for him. And so when I heard that, and giving him what, you know, offering what he mm-hmm. wanted. And I want to get to that point where yeah. I develop those relationships so closely that um, a company or a manager wants to hire me back because they know my work ethic and mm-hmm. they know I will contribute uh, to a team and, and mm-hmm. do a good job. And like you said, you don't want to burn bridges and no. you want to keep those ne- keep networking. I always tell people, like, don't force networking, but at the same time, Ask people about you know their their yeah. life, and you'd be surprised how much people love to talk about themselves. Like yeah. when I'm in sales calls, I literally start off my calls asking them, "How was your weekend? How mm-hmm. you know how are you doing?" And we can spend 15 minutes talking about that, and all of a sudden, I, I develop instant rapport with um, my clients, and and it just makes the conversations run run much more smoothly, um, and then ends up hopefully leading to a sale. And I want to encourage you all to watch Astrid's. Um, she has her own podcast and her own um, show as well, teaching ladies literally how to be successful in their career spaces. Um, she is in the tech industry, and she is just winning and really helping. And I'm going to say it because we both are doing it. We want to help minority people. And specifically, she wants to help minority ladies really win, in their career space, whether that's tech, any type of level of careers, the advice she gave us today, you can apply that anywhere, right? And a lot of her content, when I reached out to her to come on the show, I was like, yo, I like your content. And I've never had an, an, an Latina on my show. And I was like, yo, I got to get me a Latina sister in here. <laughs> you know, um, hey, boyfriend, I asked her, that, that she call you papi? I was trying to see. She said, that's no comment. <laughs> I was like, hey, boy, boy, you know. Uh, but I wanted to have a different culture, uh, uh, a different culture of a woman or a man come on the show and just share their success. I mean, she's, and I hope, and this is why I want y'all to watch her show and, and get into her content. Because I really do hope that you learn that no matter where you start, if you can just steward where you started and maximize that season, your next season is going to be brighter and better. Mm-hmm. From uh, low income 
to where her income is making uh, both is is <laughs> both of her parents combined don't make more money than her, right? To now to Princeton from graduating Princeton went 100% debt free to now saving 6k a month. Um, how much money do you have saved? Currently, I'm a, a saved or invested. All together, so saved All and together, invested. my net worth right now is around 250k. So I am I'm looking to again cross the 300k uh, threshold, um, but. Again, my goal is to hopefully hit the million uh, dollar mark by, I would say, 30, 31. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, see, again, work optional is the ultimate goal for me. Being able to choose where, how I spend my time is what I want. So. 25 years old, <laughs> net worth is at 250,000. Net worth. N let me say it one more time. <laughs> If she stopped working today, she can cash in $250,000 and live at least two years off of that easy. Technically, she can go longer than that. She'll just have to That's cut out super certain frugal. Things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but with your with her lifestyle today, she can live for two years and not have to change nothing in her lifestyle, you know? And so I want to ask you this question. What's your net worth? They say by 2054, people of color mm -hmm. will have a negative net worth. By 2054. That's coming right around. That's, that's within the next 20, 21 years. And it's so funny because with student loan, racking yes. up student loan debt, the, the buy now, pay laters, I feel like it's, it's causing. There's just so many things, temptations where, you know, to rack up debt. And and again, I want to be able to provide with, I want to provide others with information of like, okay, this is, when you have a good income, how do you navigate your personal finances with that? And how how do you be responsible with that money? So that that's my ultimate uh, goal. You know, I got to ask you this question. Then we're going to leave. Um, no, I'm going to ask you two more questions. I got about, uh, I'll go five more minutes. No I'm sorry, y'all. We, we over time, but it's all good. <laughs> Net worth of $250,000. You made $200,000. You made two fifteen minimum this year. Um, 25 years old. I'm thinking you driving like a Mercedes C-Class. Am I right, Mercedes C-Class? <laughs> Why are you looking like that? No, so it's actually funny. I recently moved um, during the pandemic to okay. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I actually, because I came from New York, and New York, you don't need a car. So yeah. I currently don't have a car. You don't have a car in Atlanta? No, and I know people think, well, that's a little crazy. And not that I don't, I, I eventually will get a car. Okay. Um, but for me, I, I luckily live in an area where, you know, everything's pretty walkable. But I also don't want to assume that payment right away. I just feel mm -hmm. like car insurance in the city is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, and if I don't need it, why have it? Again, when I do, I will, <laughs> I will get a car. But I think again, what are your, what are my priorities for me? Um, I, I mean, I think I'm a great driver, but what if that car in Atlanta too? It might get messed up. I, yeah. For me, I wouldn't spend my money on a Mercedes necessarily or right away. Um, because that just doesn't fit my lifestyle. I don't see the need for it. I want something more uh, that functions and I mean looks nice, but also that is not going to cost me an arm and a leg. So for me, this my priorities are not necessarily a car. Astrid, <laughs> you have a roommate. You don't have a car. You're making two hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. You're saving about six thousand dollars a month. Your net worth is right at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You got a great job. You, you I don't have a car. <laughs> you don't have a car. You know what I'm saying? 
um, you are, you're, you're unique. And, and again, I'm not for anyone out there. Absolutely. You, you should have, if you need, obviously, if you need a car, no, have yeah, a car. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think for me, I, I, I look at my, my situation. I say, okay, what matters to me? And what matters, honestly, is um, my, my time, my experience. I don't mind spending money on travel and experiences. Mm. Like really, even this year, I told myself, I'm like, if it's, because I, I felt like I missed out a lot during the pandemic because you couldn't travel. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to make up for that time. If any of my friends say, hey, let's go to Portugal, you know, You're in going. the next two months, I want to go. I want to <laughs> be able to, you know, I will put money towards that because I never regret traveling somewhere. Like even to this day, I went, I went to Italy last year and every time I open up a, a bottle of wine, like a Chianti Classico, I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, this reminds you of, you know, when I went Come to the winery. Yeah. And I never regret that. So experiences, spending money on my family, uh, spending money. Of course, you know, I like to buy nice things, but I'm not, per for instance, a purse person. So I don't have fancy purses. It's mm. not my my thing. Mm. All power to you if it is. Yeah. But uh I, I like to make sure that I have a good balance. So even when I budget, I do, so I have my savings, but then that leftover, having that savings automatically put away allows a leftover budget where I can splurge on myself. So good. So you, it's just all about balance, you know, figuring out, yes, thinking about the future, but also uh, living in the moment. <laughs> I like that. Pretty much what I hear you saying is, what, what do I value? Mm -hmm. What matters to me? And I'm going to put my money towards that. Yeah. And I love how you said, I may not have purses, but I'll drop 10 grand, 15 grand on mm -hmm. a vacation, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's fine. If you're the person that wants to drop 10, 15 grand on purses and only do a $5,000 vacation, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm a car guy. Mm -hmm. I'll drop six figures on a car mm -hmm. all day. Car and home is where I spend the, the mm -hmm. majority of my money. Mm -hmm. I don't really do a whole lot of name brand stuff, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I like name brand stuff, but I'm like, uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my clothes, I got a polo shirt. Yeah. Who wearing polo these days in time? <laughs> you know, so it's like, I, I think we all got to look at what is it that we value. Mm -hmm. And then don't be ashamed to put money into that, you guys. Mm -hmm. Really don't, really don't. Uh, but Astra, thank you. Like, thank, thank you for coming you. on the show. Thank you for sharing your journey and giving us some powerful tips on really how to be a successful woman. Um, and even deeper than that, how to be a successful minority woman. Thank you so um, much. I, I just believe that you, you helped some people today. And this has been an amazing conversation. We're going to drop um, all of Astra's information in today's show notes, how you can subscribe to her show, go learn more, uh, what she's doing, how to get into sales. Because I'm telling you, man, these ladies are winning. I mean, <laughs> we've been interviewing some ladies in this this who are taking over in sales. Mm -hmm. And like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was it's, it's still a man dominating space but y'all y'all ladies are coming yeah up. and it, and it's it's awesome to see again when i see other when i'm on calls and i see other females in, or women in 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 these calls i get excited and yeah. again also other uh people of color i'm like yes because again it, it is a male-dominated um field mm -hmm. and and i just love being a, a new voice in that and and, mm -hmm. sh and showing up because i use that to my advantage i'm like i you know leverage what makes me me and i think it works really well so. ah man i love it well thank, thank you, for you coming so on. much you're thank welcome you. yo we'll see you in the next show peace out <laughs>
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.